you have a God-shaped puzzle piece in your heart, allowing God to fill it is where true love starts. Somebody say amen. Man, here's a, if you, like me, are a visual learner, here's just a visual for you. First of all, what was your favorite toy when you were a kid? Just think back. Where's the Legos people at? Legos, come on. Come on now. Wait, was anybody, anybody into Pokemon? Let's go. Come on. All right. Um, did anybody, did, did anybody uh, mess with Lincoln Logs? Okay. Who, before, I'm talking before drones and all that, did anybody have RC cars? Remote control cars. <clears throat> One of my favorite toys when I was a kid was this toy right here. Um, it's kind of this toy where you just have to find basically a shape and make the shape fit. Now here's, here's what the majority of the world is doing right now. They're taking a block and, and they're trying to essentially fit something into their heart that does not fit. And so what will happen is that eventually, if I just continue to try to force this where it doesn't fit, it'll break and damage the entire toy. And so what's happening in our world is so many people with this God-shaped puzzle piece in their heart, they're trying to cram a relationship, partying, drinking, substance, popularity, more Instagram followers into that God-shaped puzzle piece. And what's happening is that people are finding themselves broken. And I'm here to tell you, I believe, I believe that the number one way to find fulfillment in life, it starts with the relationship with God. We even, we, we're saying it like this. You have a God-shaped puzzle piece in your heart, allowing God to fill it is where true love starts. We're not just talking about the true love found in a relationship with God. We're talking about every single love relationship. That every, you want, do you want a, a healthy relationship with, with a future boyfriend, girlfriend? Then it starts with God. You want, you want a healthy future relationship with your fiance? It starts with God. You, wanna, you want a healthy marriage one day? Then it starts with God. All the leaders said amen. Yeah, I can't believe Josie and Grady beat us. I can't believe it. It's all good. Man, that, that is the whole idea of this series this month. And tonight, I'm not going to be preaching at you. Tonight, we have got two of the most amazing people on the planet that will be speaking to you. Um, I, I started thinking, if I had to choose one word, if I had to choose one word to describe um, these two people, um, I, think, I think the word that I really landed on was genuine. They're probably the most genuine and most real people that I've ever met in my entire life. Um, they're hilarious. They're so fun to be around. One of them loves to hide behind my door in my office in the morning and scare me so bad. Um, and, 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 like, they are just seriously some of the greatest people that you ever meet in your life. Here's what I want you guys to do. If you have your notes, I see a lot of you have your journals. Open your journals up. Get ready to write some stuff down. Because I promise you this, man, this will be stuff that will change your life. If you don't have your journal with you, open your notes app right now. Open your notes app. Get ready to write some stuff down. I promise you this will be stuff that will absolutely change your life. Man, these two people have impacted mine and Amber's lives so much. They really have become so much like fa father and mother figures in our lives, man. These are people that without which I would be unemployed. So, man, please treat them well today, man. They are really... Um, can I say it like this, you guys? They are your pastors. That's who they are. They are your pastors, and they love you so, so, so much. And tonight, they're going to come, and they're going to share some wisdom with you. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand to your feet? Would you put your hands together for your lead pastors, Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann? 
Hey, thank you, Bridge Youth. Good to see you tonight. Hey, you know, the cool thing is, Pastor Corey only told you half the story. I, I'm the one that hides behind his door some mornings and scares him. It's true. And I do it to Amber, too. And the funny thing is, both of them, when I do it and I scare them, both of them squeal like little girls. That's the funny part. Anyway, hey, we're, we're really happy to be here tonight yes. to be a part of this series. And it, you've probably figured out we're going to talk a little bit about relationships and dating. And we're going to move really quickly because there are several things we want to share. But you know, in the Old Testament, God made life for us really simple. He made this statement. He said, I'm setting choices in front of you. One side, there's life and there's blessing. One side, there's cursing and death. God said, choose life. All through all of your life, all the days of your life, you're going to be faced with choices. And to live a successful life, you have to learn to make good choices. Every day of your life, you choose to do certain things. Things you know you need to do, things you don't need to do. You have to make choices every day. It'll be that way the rest of your life. But the great thing is Proverbs 2.11 says, wise choices will watch over you. You see, when you make wise choices, they guard you. They watch over your life. And God wants to fill that place in your heart that only he can fill because if you get him in the middle of your heart, in the middle of your life, everything else begins to fall into place, including dating and finding the right pe person to spend the rest of your life with. It all falls into place. And you know, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is just full of thoughts of wisdom that really bring life to us. Proverbs 4.8 says, If you prize wisdom, she will make you great, so embrace her, and she will honor you. So what we're going to do tonight, we're just going to share some nuggets the next few minutes, some bits of wisdom that I think will really, really, really help you. It'll help maybe secure God's place in your heart and help you understand God not only wants to bring salvation into your life, he wants to fill up every other place in your life. But it starts with that first puzzle piece and getting it in place. So tonight what we're going to do is we're going to share six choices, six wise choices about dating. So give it up for Pastor Ann as she begins tonight. Hey, it is so awesome to be here. We have been looking forward to this. We're so excited to be with you guys. And just we, we just want you to know that as the pastors of the bridge, your pastors, we love you guys. We believe in you. We pray for you. And we cheer you on. And we're just, we're here for you guys. We think you are amazing. And you are the future of this church. We love you guys so much. And so we're just going to open our hearts tonight about some of these wise choices things that we've seen in people's lives, things we've learned that really will make a huge difference in your life if you can just grab a hold of them, okay? So the first one is choose to pursue God and his plan for your life above all else. 
Now, you might be sitting there thinking, wait, I thought this was about dating. It is. Just hang with us. <laughs> you know, I bet that you've got people in your life who are trying to tell you, you should pursue this. You should pursue that with your future. You should go to this college. You should think about going there or doing this or think about dating that person or that person's cute. You guys would make a great couple. People are always, well-meaning people are always trying to tell us what we should pursue. And we can run in so many different directions trying to pursue all these different things. But we have got to be willing to take responsibility for our own lives and the direction in which we are going. And so how do we do that? I want to just share with you a few really simple, really practical things that will ensure that we're doing this. First thing is be planted in church. You guys are here tonight. That's awesome. Come on Sundays. Keep coming on Wednesdays. In Psalm 92, 13 and 14, it says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. If you want your life to flourish, the key is to be planted in your local church where you feel God has drawn you to. You don't need to be jumping to all different youth groups trying to find out, oh, are there cuter girls over there? Are there cuter guys over there? No, you need to stay at the church where God has placed you and allow yourself to get planted. And then you need to be taking responsibility to grow spiritually on your own. I mean, Pastor Corey is awesome, but he cannot take the place of God in your life. His teachings cannot take the place of you reading God's word for yourself. You need to get into God's word. You need to be praying, talking to God, and growing spiritually. And then you need to be connecting with other believers. So ask yourself right now, who's the majority of the people that you hang out with? Do they love God? Are they pursuing all that God has for their lives? Or are they kind of on a different page? We need to let our lives be connected with believers. And then we need to use the gifts that God's put in us. God has put unique gifts in each and every one of you for his purposes. He put them in there because he has purpose for your life. And it's not like someday way far off that you need to wait to use those things. No, you start using them now. You can use them here at youth. You can use them on Sundays in the church as a whole. There's so many ways you can start using those. But you will find incredible fulfillment when you do. And when you find fulfillment in God, you won't be trying to suck fulfillment out of another person. When we're willing to make wise choices, to pursue God first and foremost, God will do amazing things beyond what we ever dreamed possible. And so whatever is that seed in your heart tonight, whatever you feel like God's just stirring in your heart, speaking to you about your future, God started speaking to me about my future when I was 15. I believe God's already been speaking to so many of you about your future and what he has. Maybe it's a seed for ministry. Maybe it's for business. Maybe it's something else. Whatever it is, hold on to that and choose to pursue God first. And then that will position you to where you will just walk into, step by step, what God has for you. I am living proof of that. I mean... I got saved when I was 12 years old with my parents. I'd grown up prior to that in Catholic church, and you know we believed in Jesus, but we didn't know that we could have a personal relationship with him. 
And so we discovered that we could have personal relationship. We asked him to become the Lord of our lives. We surrendered our lives to him. And then I immediately got plugged into youth. At youth, every chance I could be there. And then before I knew it, I was asked to be a youth leader. That was awesome. I loved doing that. And then I felt like God was directing me to go to Bible school. So I researched different Bible schools, found the one I felt that he was directing me to. I went. And then when I got there, the leaders asked me if I would be willing to oversee a section of girls' rooms in the girls' dorm where I was staying. And... Uh, oversee them and do Bible studies with them. I'm thinking, you don't even know me. I just got here, and you want me to lead Bible studies with these girls? But you see, that's what God does. He opens doors when we're faithful. And then after that, I came back to California, and one of the first churches I attended, they asked me to start leading a, Bible, a women's Bible study. Again, I'm like, you don't even know me. <laughs> but that's what God does when we're faithful one step at a time. And then a number of years later, God uh, just opened a door for me to oversee a huge women's ministry at a just a huge church in Orange County. And then God brought Gary and I together. And here we are pastoring the Bridge Church. Like I look back and I see all these steps, but it was just one step at a time. It was just saying yes to the opportunities that God put in front of me and being willing to walk through the doors. So plug in to God. Plug into the local church. Say yes to the opportunities that he brings to you, and he will lead you right into the fullness of his plans for your life, and that includes the person he wants you to be with. Yeah, you know, the amazing thing about that point she's sharing is when you put God first and you choose to accept and choose his plan for your life, he then takes responsibility to bring all the things that you need in life to you. A lot of people miss that. Well, if I do this, I'm not going to have this. If I do this, I'm not going to have this. If you choose God's plan, he takes responsibility to bring all the things into your life that you're going to need, including the spouse that you need down the road. So you don't have to start worrying about, well, how am I going to figure this out? God will help you figure it out and bring all the pieces of the puzzle together if you get his piece in place first. So, number two, second thing, second choice, you need to choose to be content. Choose to be content. You know, I, I think in, in any stage of life, most people struggle with contentment. Because contentment is a choice. It really is. It's saying, I'm okay where I'm at. God's got me. He's leading me in the right direction. So, I'm not going to get ahead of God. I'm not going to get behind God. I'm going to stay with God. We choose to be content. And to choose to be content means to be self-satisfied with where you are at the moment. Now, now, here's the opposite of that. When we're not content, we start looking for our own ways to find answers, and we end up looking in all the wrong places. You end up getting out of step with God. You get away from his choices. You stop trusting him, and you start trying to figure it all out. Now, let me give you a couple examples of this. As teenagers and young adults, one of the things that we struggle with is everybody else's opinion of us, who we are and what we are and what people say, what people think. And so we think, well, I have to be like this or I have to be like that. You know, I got to fit into the mold. And so therefore, I got to start dating. I got to find a boyfriend or I got to find a girlfriend. I got you know, to find my place and I got to find that person. So I'm going to get out there and find a person. Let me tell you what dating is. 
Dating is really the process of elimination to finding the right person God has for you. But you don't have to kiss every frog to find the prince. You don't have to. That's good. That's good. Come on. That's good. And sometimes you can kiss the prince and find out deep inside he's a frog. You know, it, it can work both ways. But, but here's my point. Some, some, you know, some youth get so tied up. Well, I got to get out there and date everybody so I can find the right one. Here's what I've learned. If you will be content, God will bring the right person to you. Now, that doesn't mean you might not date a few people. Of course you will. Because the goal is to find the one person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Because here's, here's the interesting thing about God. He knows how he created you. He knows what you have and what you don't have. He knows the gifts you've got, the gifts you need. And God has the exact person you need who can bring everything else you need into your life. He has that person. He's created them. And it's his job, listen closely, it's his job to bring that person into your pathway. It's your job to stay on that pathway until he brings that person to you. So you need to learn on this journey to be content. You don't have to figure it all out by yourself. You, you don't have to say, well, i got to be dating all the time. No, 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 you don't. And, and I'm going to tell you something. One of God's greatest gifts is friends. It's friends. And, I, and I, I'm telling you the truth. Anybody my age or anywhere near my age, Corey will tell you this. And he's a whole lot younger than me, okay? But the day will come when you've been married a few years that you wish you could have more time to hang out with your old friends. Because your life gets so busy and tied up with so much. Enjoy your friendships while you're young and let God bring the right person to you when you're mature, when you're ready for it. Quit worrying about it and sweating about it. Don't let other people tell you what you need to think. Learn to be content and God will bring the right person to you. One last little asterisk right here. You never know where you're going to find that right person that God has for you. Okay? There are a lot of places you won't find them, but you never know where you will find them. You know where Ann and I got together? At a funeral. <laughs> Long story. Absolutely true. God put us together and got us introduced at a funeral. So, just keep in mind, if you stay on God's track, I was there preaching a funeral and I met the woman of my dreams. So, let me tell you something. God knows what he's doing, so be content and trust him. All right. <laughs> and when you do choose to be content, then it makes it easier to choose to only date people who are marriage material because you're not rushing around trying to date everybody. You're just looking wisely, trying to find those that might be marriage material. Because I think Pastor Corey says that marriage, I mean, sorry, dating is the road to marriage. It's not just for personal entertainment. It is to find out if this is a person you want to spend your life with. So choose to date people that would only be marriage material. Not, well, they might be potentially well, I bet after I work on them a while, they will be. Well, you know, after I invite them to church and they get saved, they will be. No, are they now? That's the question. If you are drawn to someone to rescue them, to change them, to enlighten them, to be a hero to them, 
That might all be good and noble as a friend or as a good Samaritan, but that is not a recipe for a healthy dating relationship. Just because they look good on the outside does not mean that they are necessarily marriage material. You know, so many people know what qualities they should want in a, a spouse, someone that they might marry down the road, but then they throw all that out the window because someone who looks good walks by. And then we think, oh, we can change them. I want to tell you, if they are not marriage material now, if they are not the kind of person you would want to spend your life with now, you are deceiving yourselves if you think they will change and become that person. And you know what? It's also not fair to them. It's not fair to expect them to become someone they're not. But so often we can get caught up in physical attraction and in emotional attachment, and then we can jump head first into a relationship, allowing our heart to get so wrapped around someone, and we totally ignore the bigger issues that might be there, just so we can be with someone. Very often, there are major red flags waving, red lights flashing, sirens blaring, and people never even see them because, oh, I'm in love. <laughs> There's truth to that old saying that love is blind, all right? So I want to give you some ways that you can discover and recognize the warning signs, okay? Ask yourself if this is a person who is spiritually healthy. Now let me give you some things how you'll know if they're spiritually healthy. Are they planted in church? Are they passionate about God? Do they cause you to become even more passionate about God? Do they encourage and strengthen your walk with God? Or do they cause you to shrink back and downplay your relationship with God? I have seen so many people dismiss the importance of spiritual health and end up totally distant from God, even walking away from God because of a relationship. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 6, be not unequally yoked. How can there be unity and peace in a relationship when you're on two totally different pages? In Amos 3.3, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? No, they're going to be like this, and one's going to end up going down a different path than they wanted to. Okay, so question one was, are they spiritually healthy? Next question, are they emotionally and mentally healthy? We know someone who jumped headfirst into a relationship with a girl who was not healthy in these areas, but he was going to be her knight in shining armor. And after a while, he realized that she needed a whole lot more help, a whole lot more rescuing than what he could provide. We know someone else who married a young guy with an addiction. And she thought, oh, it's no big deal. We're young. Once we get married, that will stop. It didn't. She thought, well, once we start having kids, that will stop. It didn't. It only got worse, and it brought a life of incredible heartache. Listen, if someone is battling emotional or mental issues or addictions, does not mean they're a bad person, okay? Does not mean we shouldn't try to help direct them to get some help. But we need to allow them 
time and space to become healthy before they are healthy marriage material, okay? All right. If you want to date someone who is healthy marriage material, then you also need to be healthy marriage material, all right? So ask yourself these same questions. Are you spiritually, mentally, emotionally healthy? Maybe you examine your heart, you talk to God, and he shows you some areas you need to work on. This is a place where you have some amazing youth leaders and youth pastors who will help mentor you. Just being here in youth services helps mentor you. And you can talk to people, you can open up and get the help that you need. And then ask yourself, is your life and your decisions and the way you treat people something that a godly person would be drawn to? Okay, girls, can I just talk to you by yourselves for a second? Okay. Guys, we're just pretending you're not in the room for a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask you, do you dress in a way that would attract a godly guy? You can dress skimpy and get the attention of a lot of guys, but you probably won't keep the attention of the guy who's looking for a godly girl. That was good. Recently, I was talking with this beautiful young girl. She's in her 20s. She's married now, started her family. And she was saying, I don't understand these young girls that dress so skimpy. Don't they know? And I loved this phrase. She said, don't they know that modest is hottest? <laughs> So there you go. <laughs> a godly guy is going to want a girl with some modesty. In fact, did you know that in Proverbs there's a verse that says a woman who lacks discretion is like rottenness in her husband's bones? Whoa. Okay, so just a little food for thought for you girls. Become marriage material and choose to date people who are only marriage material. It's good. Give her a hand. That was good. You know, we, we have a saying we use when we're doing premarital counseling or even marriage counseling sometimes. And, and that is that a, a lot of people say, well, if I can just find the right person to make me happy and make me whole. The secret to finding and having a good marriage is not about finding the right person. It's about you becoming the person that deserves that kind of person. So you got to focus on you. you got to be healthy yourself. Now, number four, fourth choice. Choose to keep your dating relationships out in the open. In other words, don't sneak around dating, trying to hide it. Now, th this is a trap. A lot of people don't understand this. And I know you're thinking, oh, yeah, but you don't know my situation. No, I don't know your situation. But I know what's going to happen when you start sneaking around. And just give me a couple minutes because this is really simple. You need to keep your relationships out in the open because God will put people around you to be an alarm if they th see things going wrong in your lives. It's not just mom and dad. Most moms and dads are pretty good about saying, eh, that's not good. Your pastor, your youth pastor will say, eh, I don't think that's the best. 
your youth leaders, your friends, when they tell you that's not the right one, and yet you say, ah, she's the best, man. I'm going for it. And so you sneak around, and you don't want anybody to know. Let me tell you what happens, okay? Sneaking around is like a drug. It's an adrenaline. And you sneak around, you get away with it, and you think nobody knows, and you're both laughing. Ah, this is cool. Nobody knows. We're hiding it from our parents. We're hiding it from the youth pastor. Hiding it from, this is so cool. We're sneaking around. Nobody knows when we're meeting. This is so cool. It's like a drug. The problem is, when that begins to wear off, you have to find another drug to take its place. And then you have to find another drug. And the relationship goes places it should never have gone to begin with because you're trying to live off that sneaking around adrenaline and that drug. You don't want to live that way. Now, every one of us needs accountability. I have accountability in my life. I'm a pastor. I have a church board. I have close friends on that board. I have minister friends who I've given permission. If you see something going on in me you're concerned about, please speak up and tell me. I give you permission. You need to have that kind of relationship with your good, godly friends and, and even friends who've got, just got wisdom that you know at school and around. You need to let people speak into your life. Your youth pastor, your youth leaders, you need to give them permission. If you see me getting off track, please give me a warning. Why? Because it's wisdom. It's wisdom. They'll help you make a good choice. Do not start sneaking around. Now, if you're sneaking around... And I could, tell, I could sit here all night and tell you stories of friends I went to school with who got involved with people, their parents said, no, you're not going to do it, and began to sneak around. Every one of them wound up in a trap, and when they ran out of that drug, they went to the next drug, then the next drug, then the next drug. Don't sneak around. Keep it in the open, because if you do, people will either give you their approval or they'll say, this is not the one. And it keeps you from getting hooked on a wrong drug. Okay? So keep everything out in the open. And this one just really goes right along with that, number five, is choose carefully who you allow to speak into your life. Are the people speaking into your life people who really care about God's best and God's purposes for your life? Proverbs 12, 26 said the God, says, the godly give good advice to their friends, the wicked lead them astray. And you might be saying, well, my friends aren't wicked. Okay, but are they godly? Are they really looking out for God's best for your life. We know a young girl who was so on fire for God and really had a heart for ministry. And she got involved with a Christian guy. And he was a nice guy, but he wasn't exactly a strong Christian. And he had no passion or heart for ministry. And people in ministry around her tried to caution her. But her family and her friends we're saying, oh, it's okay, he's a Christian guy, he's so nice. That's all that matters is that he's saved. Can I tell you tonight, that is not all that matters, okay? You can sabotage God's calling on your life if you settle for someone who doesn't share the same passion and heart for God that you do, okay? It's so much more than that. So don't just sit back waiting for people to come to you to give you their counsel, be proactive. Ask people, ask your youth pastors, ask your youth leaders, who people who care about God's purposes for your life to speak into your life. Ask them what they think about your relationships. And then don't just uh, ignore that, act on it. You know, 
maybe there's some of you here tonight who you're already in a dating relationship. Maybe you're not sure it's really the best relationship. Maybe some godly people have been asking you, uh, are you sure this is the right relationship for you? I want to encourage you tonight. Do not shrug that off. Listen to their counsel. Be willing to make adjustments. I know it's hard, but God has way too much in store for you and your future for you to settle for anything less than God's very, very best for you. So allow people, godly people, to speak into your life. And I'm going to tell you something, that there's some good people in this room who will help you if you need help. So surround yourself with the right people. And this is number six, the last one. And I'm going to spend just a few minutes here. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. You can talk to your leaders. You can talk to Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber. They can help you with this if you need to. But let me, let me give you number six and just talk a few minutes real straight to the core, but yet real simple without getting into detail. Number six Choose to accept God's standards of morality. You guys are under constant fire and pressure today from the world around you to refuse God's morality. I'm here tonight to tell you God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 and 1. Then he began to create everything in the earth. The last thing he created human beings, men and, men, and, men and women. The God who created all of this laid out the pathway that brings blessing to our lives. And God declared what morality was, and here's the thing I want to point to. God declared that sex belongs between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman in marriage. That's where it belongs, in the marriage relationship. Now, in our world today, it's being thrown out the window. People are saying, there are no absolutes. Morality is whatever you want it to be. The problem is someday you will stand before God. But even before you stand before God, the choices you make set a path for your life that are either going to bring blessings or cursings, life or death. Sex belongs between a husband and a wife in a marriage relationship, not outside of that. Two different places in the New Testament, the words are a little bit different, but... The Apostle Paul wrote on two different occasions. He said, flee sexual immorality. He told Timothy, a young preacher, flee youthful lusts. Don't give in to those youthful lusts. All that inquisitiveness, all that I want to know. When I was in high school, and I, I had the, the privilege of going to a Christian high school. Uh, our teachers were all believers. We had one teacher who was a history teacher. He was a fairly young man. He was probably in his late, mid to late 30s. Really a nice guy. And everybody really liked this guy and admired him. And he told us one day something that has stayed with me all of my life. And, you know, all of you know what a savings account is or what a savings bond is. You buy a savings bond or get to open a savings account. You put money in it. And the longer it sits in that account, the more valuable it becomes. It builds interest. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It becomes more valuable as time goes by. This teacher told us students, he said, your virginity is like a savings account. The longer you keep it, the more it's worth. That got in my head and it got in my heart. 
And it's so true. It's so true. Scientists have done studies and they found out when a man and a woman have sex, there's not just the natural physical act. There's something physiological that happens. There are chemicals that are released in your brain that go through your body that creates an emotional physiological bond between you. God did that to consummate the marriage relationship so that a man and a woman would have something precious and special that they shared with nobody else in life. Save it for your spouse. Save it for your husband or your wife. That passage of scripture that I mentioned just a moment ago where the Lord said, flee sexual immorality. There's more to that verse. Here's what it says. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Sexual sin harms you. It creates bonds that are hard to break. I've watched teenagers, friends that I grew up with, get involved in sexual relationships, wind up staying together when they had no, no business being together, getting married, bringing children into the world, and a few years later realize they had no business being together and they went opposite directions and it put a lot of kids in the path of it. Let me tell you something. Sex is not a toy. It's pleasurable. It's enjoyable. But God intended it to be within the confines of marriage because it makes a husband and wife one. It gives them something to share with each other and nobody else anywhere. And it really consummates two people becoming one flesh. Let me encourage you tonight. Save it. Say, well, I don't think I can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's a choice. Save it because here's what's going to happen. Down the road... God wants to lay his blessing, his life on top of you. And if you make the right choices, you will have an amazing marriage someday, an amazing spouse, and you will have a oneness with that person that you had dreamed of all of your life, and it'll bring you so close together that the two of you will serve God together. Even though you're different people, you'll serve God together and live an amazing life if you're just willing to commit yourself to these choices we've talked about tonight. Now, I want to... I want to ask the, the worship team to come up and join me because we're going we're gonna to pray in just a moment. I want them to play quietly in the background. We're going to pray for you. And you know how we're going to pray tonight? We're going to pray for two or three things, really. But number one, we're going to pray that you make wise choices. Some of you might say, well, you know, I've already made some wrong choices. That's okay. God will forgive you, and he'll set you on a good path. But you'll have to deal with bad choices you've made. Some of you are sitting here saying, man, I, my whole life's in front of me. What am I going to do? Put God first. Seek his purpose for your life and let him bring all the other pieces together. That's his job. Don't try to do his job for him. You do your job. Let him do his job. He's good at it. So I want to pray for you tonight. I know Ann will join me. She may want to pray when I'm finished. But let me just pray for you. Bow your heads and close your eyes if you would. Just receive this prayer. Father... I pray for every person in this room tonight that you would guide our footsteps and help us to make wise choices. God, there are a couple of hundred amazing young people here with amazing futures in front of them. And I believe tonight that you want to instill in them a desire to walk with you, to know you, 
and to make godly choices even when it comes to dating and choosing the right person. Father, we've shared six simple choices. Different ones were hit by different things. But I pray you would use these choices tonight, what we've taught from your word, you would use these choices to mold us, to shape us, to help us realize we can't live for tomorrow today. We need to live today today and then walk into what you have in front of us. And you've got blessing and an amazing future for all of us if we will just walk with you. Father, some of these young people are facing a lot of temptation, a lot of pressure from peers, even people the opposite sex. God, I pray that you would help them tonight to just make up their minds. I'm going to choose God. God's going to help me. I'm going to choose God. I love him. I'm going to follow his path for my life. And I'm going to be blessed all the days of my life. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. And in, out of this room, I pray that you would raise up pastors, evangelists, preachers, youth pastors, Worship leaders, teachers for children, teachers for teenagers. God, have your way in our lives. This is our future right here in this room. God, it could be that the pastor of the Bridge Church someday is sitting in this service right now. God, shape their lives, grab their hearts, and help us make wise choices to build the future you want for us. In Jesus' name. If you would, just sit there for a moment. Heads about, eyes closed as Pastor Corey comes. And just determine in your heart the choices you need to make now. that we just heard if you notice the key word tonight was was choice was to choose man we really do believe that true love it begins begins by allowing God to fill that God-shaped puzzle piece in your heart maybe you're here tonight and, and maybe you've never given your life to God maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and maybe like pastor was saying a moment ago maybe you have made some mistakes maybe you're even in this place and you know what maybe you on that road and on that path maybe you made some mistakes that led you to lose your virginity even can I just tell you tonight that we serve such a loving God that responds to us with grace and with mercy he loves you so much no mistake, no sin that you can ever make could ever make him love you less. And tonight, if you're in this place and you would say, yeah, I, I have made mistakes. I've, I've, tried, I've tried to fill that God-shaped puzzle piece in my heart with so many other things. And just like, just like you're saying, man, I've, I've found myself broken. Maybe that's you tonight. In a moment, you're going to get the opportunity to make a choice. And I promise you this is the greatest choice you'll ever make in your life. Or maybe you're here and, and you were serving God and you got tied up in a relationship you never should have been tied up in. And maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you were just seeking that relationship and it kind of just changed the direction of your life. All you got to do is turn around. 
You just got to make a choice to turn around. This is your moment. This is your time. Tomorrow's not promised to anyone. You have a God-shaped puzzle piece in your heart. Allowing him to fill it is where true love starts. I'm going to ask you to respond to this decision in a really simple way. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, nobody's looking around. If that's you and you would say, you know what, Pastor Corey, that is me. I've never given my life to God and I've made some mistakes and it seems like everything's just falling apart. I found myself so broken. When I get to three, you raise your hand. If you're here tonight and you said, man, I've run off. I've, I've gone and I've given my life to another relationship. I did, like Pastor said, I, I haven't been putting God first. And you want to make the choice tonight to put God first again. You want to come back to him. You want to rededicate your life right now. If either one of those are you, when I get to three, you just raise your hand. Don't hesitate. There's nobody looking around. It's just me, man. Every head bow, every eye closed. When I get to three, this is your time. This is your moment. One, two, three. All over this place, if that's you. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else? Hands going up everywhere. Come on. Anybody else? Someone's looking around. It's just me. Come on. Hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? This is your moment. This is your time. This is the one decision in your life that I promise you, you will never, ever regret this decision right here. In this moment, in this time, you just simply raising your hand and saying yes to God, saying yes to a relationship with Him. Man, when this is, this is you saying, God, would you fill that God-shaped puzzle piece in my heart? That's the decision you're making right now. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? You can put your hands down. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and that He rose from the dead and you'll be saved. That's what we're about to do. You might say, how does this journey, how does this relationship start? In a really simple way, actually. It's just with words. We call it prayer. You can call it talking to God. Since we're a family, we're going to pray this prayer together. So right after me, man, I'm going to give you some words, but they're your words. Would you wrap your heart around these words right now? Because if you do, your relationship with God, it starts tonight. You will be saved. Together as one family and one voice. Would you repeat these words right after me? Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. With the path laid before me, I choose life, not death. And I'm gonna follow you every day of my life. No looking back, no turning back. I'm gonna follow you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now?